Do you like aliens, UFOs, cryptids, and the supernatural? What about self-defecating humor? Uh, actually, it's self-deprecating humor. Well, you may both be right. Alien Theorist Theorizing is a comedy podcast that examines cases like Roswell, Bigfoot, or the Atacama Alien. If any of these topics pique your interest, subscribe to Alien Theorist Theorizing free anywhere you find podcasts or go to alientheorists.com. Hey everybody, it's Joe Trippy. Welcome back to That Trippy Show. Election Day is only a week away, and we have a really special guest today. Uh, no better person to talk about what's going on than GOP strategist Mike Murphy. He's an old friend and one of the founders of Republican Voters Against Trump. Mike hosts the podcast Hacks on Tap, and I've known him, oh gosh, a long time. We've been through some ferocious battles against each other. But I'm proud to call him a friend. Excited to have him on the show. So, Joe, Mike, uh, both Trump and Biden are making last minute campaign stops this week. Biden's in Pennsylvania over the weekend. I think he's going to Georgia today as we're recording this. Uh, President Obama was in Miami this weekend. Kamala Harris is all over the place. I think she's also going to Georgia, Texas. I think she's going to Michigan, too, among a whole bunch of other places. Uh, Meanwhile, the Trump travel schedule seems to be a little more scattershot. I think he's basically going anywhere he thinks he's got a shot. Ohio, Wisconsin, New Hampshire. I think he went to Maine, Joe, even Nebraska. Um, So, uh, Joe, Mike, what does that mean to you guys? Well, you know, it means Trump is still crazy. You know, we can can count on that, kind of the atomic clock of, of who he is. You know, as Joe knows so well, generally the the one resource you can't create more of in a campaign is candidate time. So you take the travel stuff really seriously. And, you know, normally it's kind of a a blender where on one hand the finance staff, we have to go to Grand Rapids. You have to meet that guy's dog. He's bundling half a million for it, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then the political staff, we need you here for base turnout or we need you here uh, for another reason. And late like this, you're literally playing media market bingo which is, all right, we can go to the, we can spend an hour and a half on the ground in Atlanta, light up television, then we can still make, you know, we have enough time to be able to slide over to Dallas, finish up, and then maybe a fundraiser. So you're, you're juggling. What, what Biden is doing is what we all dream of doing. He's trying to run the table, which is they think they have the key states they need, the Michigans, that world in good shape. So now they're on an expeditionary raid to basically go steal Georgia, which they might do. It's like a tied race. There's also a big Senate race there where that dick, uh, Senator Perdue, is in trouble. I've despised him for a long time, so I'm enjoying that. Uh, And I I keep telling them, Ohio, 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 because they can steal Ohio too. And I know they had Kamala Harris in Cleveland a day or two ago, and I, I would go back. I'd even think about... You know who I'd deploy that they're not deploying, and this is a little field. I'd put Clinton there, Bill, um, who who can you know connect in the Midwest in ways that uh, is kind of unique and special. So anyway, they're trying to run the table and they're reaching out, trying to steal a few. They don't even need to win, and they're far enough ahead. They got a shot at. Yeah, the thing that kind of blew my mind was Trump going to Maine. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's a, on, on two things. It says how desperate they are to even get. I mean, that they need to go there to pick up those electoral votes in the second congressional district says to me, you know, they barely think they could get to two. I mean, that they need that, too, to get to have a shot at it. And at the same time, it's so it's so Trump because 
him going to Maine probably kills Co- Collins. I mean, how, how, that's what how I thought does when that I help? Saw yeah. yeah, yeah, that's exactly. what I mean. so, how, so it's like, well, let me roll over. You know, everything I touch dies. Is any dies anyway? I'll kill. Yeah. You know, no, I'll kill like, her shot like the and I'll movie. go for my two. You know, uh, Godzilla's coming to fight Mothra. Okay, where in your backyard? You know, <laughs> if you're Susan Collins, <laughs> it's like, oh, bad, very bad. So, so Mike, what do you think of Texas, though? Seriously, I, I agree with you about Ohio. Ohio, Ohio, Ohio. I think they could steal that. I think the Clinton thing is a very interesting idea. But, but Texas, uh, is this sort of, you know, a whimsy delusion? Uh, or do you think there's a real shot there? You know, they're at a point where they may just start getting lucky in places. Um, I saw a secret poll, by the way, a Republican poll this morning from Ohio, Biden plus three from a big respected Republican voter. Wow. So, you know, I, I'm always of the view of, okay, we we're, we can, the security guard is asleep at that jewelry store across the street and we have a brick and we're going to run over there, brick through the window, grab the pearls and run. We got a <laughs> motorcycle, we have a plant. That's Ohio and that's Georgia. You know, real good opportunities. Texas is like, we're going to steal the Hope Diamond. Well, that's cool. Right. You know, after we meet girls, we'll be very famous. It's fantastic. But, for a life in crime, I, I want to go grab the $50,000 necklace across the street that I know I can get. And it, so they're dabbling in Texas, which is probably appropriate. You know, they have a finance constituency to feed there, too. It's a money exporter state to the dem. So, But I would not send my all my forces there when I've got very big and less expensive, juicy morsels like Georgia and Ohio sitting there to be plucked. So, you know, I, I would send Kamala there. So I want to keep the troops happy. But no, I would not shove all my cards in Texas. Maybe I'll get that lucky. But, uh, you know, they're, they're, but, they're already in such good shape. Don't, uh, don't go crazy. Yeah, but they, they, I, I guess they could be just trying to help pick up the state house there, that, too. That's I mean, true. That's, and maybe Corn's in, in a race, so I'm not sure I yeah. believe it. You know, But in Georgia, they got two Senate races that are real. Yeah, And exactly. the other great thing about Ohio is, you know, like Florida counts the absentees in real time. There's none of this five-day delay. So we could know election night that Trump has lost Ohio or uh, Florida or both, which kills him. It's over. I don't care Wisconsin takes a week to count. It doesn't matter anymore. It's done. And that's very appealing to avoid that week of trouble. Afterwards. Absolutely. So if you guys were, and I, I want Mike to take a shot at this and then Joe, you too. But if you were, if you were both candidates right now, what are the places that you should be spending more time in that you're not? Uh, you know, if I were Trump, they're making a, I'm doing the IE for Republican voters against Trump, uh, org, And we're, we're spending about 10 million there in real money, uh, and West Florida, particularly and in, in Miami. And it's a dogfight in Florida. It's about a, Biden's ahead by two. I think election held today would win. And that'll be great news for Joe Biden. But Trump's cannibalized other places to fight in Florida. And if he loses Florida, he's toast. So if I were him, I'd, I'd be there and they've done that. And, you know, it, the problem is the, the map is so barren. Uh, you throw a Trump trip into Wisconsin, you're not going to turn it around. You know, Arizona's a little tighter, but that burns up a lot of hours going there and back. It's, a, you know, the West Coast states are tough. Um, so, and the way the Trump thing actually operates, we, we, the great thing about Republican voters against Trump, we have spies everywhere. You know, I can tell you what he had for lunch on the plane. And... The Trump logistics machine is it, it's basically Trump saying, uh, tomorrow I want to go to Dayton. And then they scramble to catch up and turn on a rally crowd for him, which is all he cares about. So it's all Trump driven. And and my guess is he'll watch cable TV and whatever state he won last time where he sees the most people say he's in trouble. 
he'll bark the order and say, uh, noon tomorrow, we got to go to Columbus, you know, and he'll go. The other side of that, though, is the, the Biden campaign driven. I'm sure they're tracking every night in every single one of these yeah. states. Uh, so they're tracking in Pennsylvania. They know how real that is and how, whether it's holding or not. Uh, by, uh, Trump's doing three stops there t- today. They'll see any movement tonight, tomorrow. They'll keep tracking that. Uh, if I'm them, I'm following that. It's Ohio. It's pe- Pennsylvania and Florida. I mean, just everything you got at those three states. Certainly play in the Texas thing. I agree with Mike. Tip, you, you tip your toe in the water there. Uh, but if they, if I would throw everything but the kitchen sink at those three places, because if they win, um, if they hold Pennsylvania and pick off Ohio or Florida or all three, uh, that you know, there's no way it's over. And and I agree, over early. Uh, so that's what I would do on the on the Biden side. It, it is impossible. I agree with Mike on predicting other than his secret sources who tell him what what uh, what Trump where Trump wants to go tomorrow, because I, I do agree they could just change on a whim and a dime. Uh, and that's no way in the last seven days uh, to, to to play this thing out. But, you know, they're they're in the bunker. So they're waiting for the guy to come in and say, hey, we found an alien ray gun. We can now turn it all around. We're going to Wisconsin. <laughs> you know, they're clinging to that. I mean, that's what the high command is doing. The the middle level machinery guys and RNC and all that are just dying for this friggin thing to be over and trying to figure out they can never get a job again with the Trump stain on them. I actually put out a tweet saying, come on, you can turn off the rally turnout calls. Trump will never know. And you're giving people friggin COVID. So, you know, come on, you you know that whether or not you drive another 500 poor goats to a rally in, you know, Manchester, New Hampshire is not going to determine the outcome of the election, but you could give 20 of them COVID. So why don't we just kind of drop the tools quietly for the last week? And I've gotten a few DMs back. I mean, it's definitely bouncing around the halls (laughs) of the RNC because there are a lot of people there who, you know, it's easy for me as an old retired general to go blow up my career and be an anti-Trumper. But for some of these kids, it's a lot harder. But I, I can tell you, if you were to take the payroll, the total payroll on the Trump and the Republican National Committee of the Senate and House Committee, uh, Trump would carry that vote. But Biden would be in double digits wow. in the building. So you, you, you mentioned Texas. The I, I do want to go back to Georgia for a minute, because obviously with both Senate races in play and the presidential still in play. I think Biden's headed there today, and I think he's going somewhere. I think it's Meriwether County outside of Atlanta. That hasn't gone blue in like 20 years. So how real is Georgia, guys? I think it's pretty real. The demography's changed. So, you know, uh, and a county like that, Biden doesn't have to carry it. Anything you shave counts because Metro Atlanta, Cobb, Gwinnett, they're going to be good for him. You know, Georgia, I used to work races down there back when, and this this ain't that Georgia. So is it uphill for them generically? Sure. But are we in a perfect storm where we might be? The, 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 the great thing for Biden is he has the luxury because he's so strong in the Midwestern states that gave it to Trump right now, with Pennsylvania still a bit of a fight, that he has he can not be making a dumb move to go to a Georgia. You know, he can try to go snatch it. And he's in the hunt. I think yeah, there's no, a poll now tied or one point, something like that. Yeah, up one point. I think he's. I think it's very smart for them to go to go to Georgia, uh, and I think again because of the two Senate seats too. I mean, there's different things happening there, but also the dem- demography across the South is is changed a, a lot. 
Uh, a lot of the reasons uh, Democrats haven't been competitive uh, in, in a lot of those states is because we we didn't run, uh, we didn't go there, and we didn't fight for it. And you're seeing, you know, with with Doug Jones in Alabama, uh, even Mike Espy in in Mississippi. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to pull that out, but he's. I think it's much more competitive than the, than the rest of the you know the, than the pundits in Washington think. He he could pull it out uh, this this year. So uh, I I think and it does make sense for Biden to to play there. Uh, particularly in Georgia. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, you said this, you were one of the first, and I, th- I think you were onto something when you were on Hacks on Tap, that, you know, you, you can't say it, it's by any means certain, but a 1980-type surge here. You know, it, the polls can't tell you're going to get one, but these are what the polls look like in one of those. Because what happens is, as you know, last weekend, everything pops three more yep. points, and all of a sudden, wham, Lindsey Graham loses, guys who normally shouldn't lose. So... We can't tell you there. It's like the old Dam Busters movie where all of a sudden the coffee cups start, you know, the water's moving in it. We have kind of those poll numbers. They don't guarantee the dam's going to fall, but it's not at all impossible. And that means SB, that means Montana. You know, you go down the list and a lot of those races yep. could pop in the Senate. Yeah, that is what happened in 80. And in 80 at the end, uh, it, it just popped that last week. And, oh, you know, Democrats lost 12. It was. I was on the other side of that. <laughs> Republicans <laughs> took twelve Senate seats that night. A lot of them weren't even in the. You know, no, we we didn't we didn't have the polling that we have now. So you, we we can spot a Montana maybe possible. Right, right. Uh, whereas back then it was all a shock. No, it was incredible. Know. I was running eighty six when it. You know, all of a sudden the, the winds did a, a boomerang and reversed. And but we we had enough to know. But you know, all these Repub senators who lost had polls. You know, forty eight for. You know, Mattingly and 47 for Fowler, they're going to edge it out. And then bang, four points, it's Fowler. You know, just so these things snap at the end. And uh, and we might be seeing some of the snap now. The thing that's a little different is in the size of the absentee vote, you know, which is huge. Now, yeah. we know some of that is is Dems voting now for the pure joy of it. But it is a sign of energy. And that's what those 1980 things also have. So. I'm not going to bet my house, but I wouldn't I wouldn't bet much against it either. Mike, you actually got right into our next topic, which is all talking about the the early voting and turnout. Uh, it is still setting all kinds of records. Uh, Texas turnout, even in Texas, it's 80 percent already or higher or what it was in 2016. And we're still a week over a week out. And the really crazy number, and this is something that Joe has brought up a lot of the last couple of weeks, is it's people that didn't vote last time who are showing up. I think in Texas, it's about 20% are from people who didn't vote in 2016. Millennials are showing up pretty much everywhere. So what does that tell you, both of you so far? And and, and how much of those gains are going to be kind of offset on election day by Republican turnout? Well, the caution flag I'm waving is there's no doubt this is a big turnout election, but we've never had a COVID factor on election day before. So there's no doubt that's shoving some of election day forward. You know, the the sport the media is playing, and again, I think Joe and I are aligned on this, that usually the people you see on cable TV have never been involved in a campaign, yet they have no shortage of opinions. And their favorite <laughs> word is turnout. Even though in a presidential race where turnout is organically high, it's in some ways less affectable. You know, a lot of people vote. That's a good thing. So, you know, we they're treating it like election night. Oh, the Republicans have returned these absentee. Well, uh, we ought to slow all that down. I can tell you from Florida tracking 
that Biden has over a 20-point lead with people who've mailed in ballots in Florida. People who say they're going to vote on Election Day, Trump has a double-digit lead. So Election Day is yet to happen. We'll see what that is. But there's no doubt that the trend is good, and these non-voters, each campaign has a pitch. The Dems will say, we're bringing in voters of color, bringing in young millennials who never participate in the off year. They're going to cut four to one for Biden. And that's probably true, if that's who they are. The Trump people say, oh, we've been losing the electorate we have, so we're bringing in all these Trump voters who are demographically, you know, the non-college white guys. We've registered billions of them at every rally, blah, blah, blah. Now, I've been suspicious of that because my view, if you're a Trumpy a guy in an exurban county and you're 55 with no uh, college degree and you love Trump. I don't know how you missed the Trump party last time. It was a pretty loud parade and, you know, playing the same hits. I think you would have hopped on then. But they, they have registered some people. So both parties are doing it. My guess, I always bet on normalcy, which is presidential year, younger, more D voters showing up, apparently at a really high clip and Wow, what would cause that? Oh, an asshole-ish president. Hmm, maybe that is true. So I bet the Democratic theory is more true than the Republican theory of who those people are, but we're, we're finding out on Election Day. And if it's more like normalcy, it's good for Biden. Well, you know, the, the other thing, Mike, is uh, I agree with you about if they didn't catch the train in 2016. Yeah, who missed it? You know, you know? What, who missed it? But the other thing is that, I mean, that we do know, and it's, and, and it's clear, is the president— approval, you know, like in, in, in Alabama in 2017, he was at 68% approval. Today, you know, we're tracking, he's at 53% mm -hmm. of approval. In other words, he's, he, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So we know that because all these places where, like well, Michigan, Wisconsin, where, you know, Biden has the lead and, and we, we're tra everybody's tracking the favorables and all that stuff. It's that the energy, it's still there with that, with that, you know, Trump base, but it's not, it hasn't grown. And in fact, it's, it's diminished. A lot of them even have some right. somewhat approved. So it's hard to see how that generate. How I agree with you. It's going to be a big presidential turnout because it's a presidential right. year. But I don't. I don't see it. Um, you know, big gains for for Trump. Uh, it looks to me more likely that 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 uh, Biden and Democrats will be benefit. And, from and it. we've both been to a hundred of these races where the only way to win is some exotic turnout theory. And then, wow, we did four waves of mail and phone calls. And guess what? People who decide not to vote—that is their vote. So the idea that hey, we we just push a button on a campaign dashboard and we get a surge in turnout in a huge presidential election where there's already—it's it, it, kind of a fantasy that campaigns cling to. It's just. If people who decide not to vote decide not to vote. Now you can chip away at the edges if you got the right candidate or message. And for the Dems, they got they got that I think right now with Trump. But it's rare and hard. So I don't really believe it from the Trump guys. Mikey, I think you hit on something a minute ago about kind of the levels of enthusiasm about about the the Trump train. Is it possible that his most excited people have already also cast their ballots? And he's kind of overestimating what he's got left in the yeah, tank. Yeah, somewhat. I mean, the polling does say that the people who, again, this is what people say, not always what they do, but the people who say, at least in the states I'm looking at, that they're election voters, maybe some of it driven by Trump saying that, you know, the mail-in votes all go right to Hillary Clinton's garage and you can't trust them. Um, they, they are saying they're going to vote on election day. But the other problem Trump has, and I've been yapping about this for a long time, you know, when COVID started, there were two flavors of tragic COVID pain. One was biological and the other was economic. And for voters in red America, 
at the beginning, it was very little biology because it was in New York, it was in Chicago, it was in dense urban cities that don't vote Republican. It was all economic. So remember, Trump opened everything. Well, now it's moved to red state America. That's where the biological pain is and the fear. So, you know, I, I don't know what it's going to be like to try to turn out a good Trump rural county on Election Day as the COVID uh, uh, numbers spike in a Wisconsin and a Nebraska, you know, in the upper Midwest where he has mm-hmm. some votes. So, you know, it, it, he's already in such trouble in Wisconsin and Michigan. This headwind's going to be worse, and it, it, it looks like it's moving to Florida and other places. So, you know, I, I, if I were the Trump managers, I would be very nervous about banking my life, partially because my idiot candidate told our people to, on election day voting. And by the way, Republican suburbanites, you know what they, well, Republican voters in general, they don't like standing in line a long time. You know, we invented a lot of that mail-in voting stuff here in California. It was the great Republican weapon uh, to get our people to vote. We yeah. always won the mail-in vote. We lost election day. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I think the Trump numbers we're seeing in the polling election day now will be less in reality than, we're, than the pollsters are estimating. But, you know, we, we're going to find out soon. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the fact is that the edge that Biden has, uh, Democrats have on the early vote, any impact COVID has or this surge has is much more likely to hurt Trump than Biden, right. uh, even if it if it hits them both, you know, hits everybody and the, and the fear level goes up in a state. Um, and so I'd much rather be in Biden's position, the Democrats position, getting people to vote early and in person and by mail and uh, and still be able to to whip uh, a get out the vote on election day, right. uh, they're going to be they're going to have a much better shot at it than 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 Trump may have, uh, even if everybody stays home. And the Dems are really good, as, as you know better than I do, because their voter programs have kind of been designed this way to surge the last five days, because uh, a lot of poll more polling places open early, and there's some some bad actors trying to screw with this, but voting the weekend before. Um, not by yeah. mail, but just showing up a little earlier. The Dems are very good at flushing that. I'm sure they. Um, Yo, they're big. No, that you just you, you, you no, you put your finger on it. Republicans have been very, very good at the mail-in ballots, at early, you know, getting out there and voting early, so you don't have to deal with the lines. I mean, I I was with Tom Bradley in 1982 when those damn mail-in ballots that Republicans did. Uh, you know, killed right, us. Right. I mean, we, you know, hundreds of thousands of them. And, uh, and we were really good at getting people out on election day, but we, we just got, we've always kind of been caught behind on that. That's what's so weird about what Trump did. Because yeah, exactly. He, it, he, it, he bombed <laughs> his own Berlin. You know, it's crazy. Right, right. And the, and he put the, the whole thing on election day where, yeah, you're right, Mike. I mean, we've been doing, that's what Democrats have been doing well. Uh, for you know, for decades of being able to know where our vote was, really uh, run dynamic, get out the vote campaign plans, and yeah, the COVID has made some of that more uh, texting and uh, and phone calls instead of the knocking on door thing. But I still think that Democrats have that down cold in places like Pencil- Philadelphia, right, in they, Pennsylvania, they, those could, yeah, where we're going to need to do, right where we're going to need to do it. Um, and I think the whole way the Republican get out the vote has worked has been flipped on its head. And it's now they're now having to Trump sort of force them to be good at something that they've just never really had much practice. Right. And flushing is harder in less dense places. 
So if yeah. you're in a rural county in Michigan with 8,000 voters who are separated in, in towns, it, it's it, just the density. When you have a machine, it's kind of like Amazon delivery. In the cities where the voters are a lot more of them closer to each other, buses, and all, it's just much easier to do it. It's more natural there. So, yeah, I, I think this is yet another upside-down, bizarro land aspect of this whole deal. Lastly, Mike, we can't have a Republican strategist on this show and not talk about what happens after the election and kind of the aftermath. Joe said a lot that Trump isn't going away anytime soon. What do you think happens to the party in the likely event of a Trump loss? You know, be honest, who knows? Um, the I have a few crank contrary opinions, but I've been wrong before. I do think right now there's a – generally we always – all of us look at elections through rearview mirrors. It's just because it's there to look at. And Trump has been such a ruling force to our nation's tragedy in the GOP for the last four years. You know he can't go away, and I, I don't believe he will. But I think the grip could loosen. You know, on a lesser way, we've – we had a time when Sarah Palin was the most feared and influential person in the Republican Party. Didn't last long, and now you can hire her for five hundred bucks to open a shopping center. You know, <laughs> so um, losing and political parties don't mix. And since Trump, we've lost the House, we've lost hundreds of state legislative seats, we've lost nine governorships, and we're about to probably blow the Senate. So there is a reckoning for that. Trump, Trump, I always joke that Trump is like the comedian Gallagher with the prop act and smashing the watermelon. Very few people say, hey, I saw Gallagher last night. I'm going to go again tomorrow. You know, you've kind of seen it. And we've kind of seen Trump in the Republican Party. And I'm not sure they want to get on the ride again. Now, out in the primary universe, he'll have a chunk. He'll go start a cable network or a streaming. You know, he'll do, if he's not tied up with the Southern District of New York, which he might be for a while. But one of the sons, the daughter, I, I can see kind of like the fall of the Romanoffs. They kind of keep going with their royal assistance. But what you're going to see is more forces emerging. The Chamber of Commerce wing is like, look, we are tired of losing sleep over AOC because you idiots gave them double majority. And so we need something new. I mean, I remember I got hired once by a, a big famous company that in a, in a Sunbelt Republican state had pretty much built the Republican Party there, big Reagan guys. By the end of it, they were hiring us the primary kooks in Republican primaries because in the legislature, they were electing people who thought geometry was some kind of communist plot. So there will be more of a fight back because some of the Trump grip will be broken. So you're going to have the opportunity conservatives like me. Uh, you're going to have kind of half Trump people, the Tom Cottons of the world, who kind of think they can take the best of Trump, the best of the old stuff. You're, you're going to have all these different centers fighting. It'll be like the Chinese Civil War in the 20s with like 30 generals. Each has a small army roving around. And Trump will definitely, or Trump Inc. will be one of them. But I don't know. Uh, you know, a lot of it will be which side can have the spark that smells like victory in the midterms. In a, in a race, somebody like a Harris Walford of the right, somebody will do something in a special or somewhere, and that'll, that'll start to organize it. But it's going to be a huge fight. Uh, the stakes are high. There is a vacuum to be filled. And, you know, I'll be on the side of killing this brain-dead, semi-racist populism that Trump has is, Trump is infected the party with. And, you know, what people forget about Trump is he got that grip. But in the first primaries... 
Trump was well under 50%. The problem is the regular mm -hmm. Repubs are 14 of us. Nobody would drop out. And we all had money killing each other. Um, so Trump has never been a majority choice of the party. He kind of made himself that during the election because it was pick a side or during his four years. But I don't know. I think a lot of that may get relitigated. So I, I, I just don't jump to the conclusion that Trump will have a lock for the next four years. I think that's probably not going to happen. But, you know, I, I was wrong about him winning. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I just uh, that troubles me about all this is how uh, a lot of you know whether you want to call them centrists in both parties have been you know both both parties have run them out uh, yeah. you, you know and um, and whether we can get civility back uh, in you know in some kind of co common purpose common ground I mean regardless of what happens to the to to either party I mean I remember. Uh, I mean, you and I, we used to have ferocious, I mean, literally be on both sides. I mean, just attacking the hell out of each other or our candidates attacking the hell out of each other. But there was always one, the election's over, you know, let's try to, I mean, whoever won would go in and work together and try to get things done. And, and you and I, I mean, one of my fondest memories uh, ever uh, was uh, with Richard Ben Kramer. Right, at that town, you, in that theater. Yeah. yeah in Chestertown, right. uh, where you and I, I think right after a massive dogfight right, right. <laughs> that we had had, um, uh, were able to, you know, to, to talk things out. And I, I just, how the hell we pull that together? I agree. And, and we, you know. Yeah. I, I don't have, you know, it is, we, it is, it is, we were all from the world where this was football and you go out and kill on the field and at the end you don't burn down the stadium. You can actually have a beer because, you know, the same guy yep. that beat you this week, you're beating him next week. You know, you love the game of it and you love the institution of politics. And now it's all, I'm right, you're evil. So if you're evil, I can do anything. Lock you up, you know, lie about you. I'm, I'm a hero for doing that. And it is... The only winner in that are foreign adversaries. So I don't know. I'm just hoping we have a bit of a reformation because people are so exhausted with politics as acid throwing. But, you know, as, you, as we both yeah. know, it's hard to get the toothpaste back in the bottle. I think the country would like yeah. it, though. They seem to want that with Biden, some normalcy. Yeah, no, I think that's what's that. that's the contrast that Biden it's getting Biden a lot of these votes is just. You know, can we get back to some decency and civility versus the chaos that we've been? Uh, they, they're exhausted with the the chaos, but uh, I'm with you on hope. You know, it, well, hopefully, it, it's funny. Just so we ran all these focus groups of soft suburban Republicans and white independents who went to college in Florida. That's the target for the uh, the IE we're doing. And what kind of surprised, we came in, you know, blazing with COVID statistics and everything. And what, what they were interesting. They all said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trump didn't cause COVID. Quit blaming him for it. Could have happened to anybody. Now he screwed up, you know, dealing with it. But the whole idea that Trump's a murderer is wrong. You know what we hate about him? He's ripped the country in half. Why can't we be one team again for COVIDs? And, you know, because if Biden had COVID, he'd be struggling. Why wouldn't we get behind him? You know, get behind every, have one American team where we're united and we're not burning cities down. And that was the most powerful thing by a mile for those voters. And Biden, I thought they've done a very good job of picking that up and running with it. And it fits Biden because he's an old Paul. I mean, the great, this will probably cost him two votes in your audience. So I'm going to risk the whole presidential <laughs> election. But there's for 20 years, there was one 
Democrat senator in particular who could go into a room with Mitch McConnell and hash out a reasonable deal, and it was Joe Biden, because he and McConnell actually get along. Oh, my God, what Dracula can't get along? But, you know, we know how <laughs> yes. it really works, and, and Biden is that guy, and it seems to be a moment for that kind of guy, and that's given him a little extra tailwind. Mike, for our more politically engaged listeners out there, what state or what part of a state do you have your eye on that we should be tracking on election night? What should we look for? Oh, yeah. Well, first, don't look. Stop. Stop, stop, stop. I'm telling all my neurotic, I'm here in Los Angeles, and I know these, you know, I write scripts on the side and fool around in the movie and TV business. And so I have a lot of friends in that world, and they're all going crazy. LA psychiatrists are open 24 hours. You know, (laughs) and I say, just, here's the thing. Pick even or odd, even or odd, and on even or odd days, don't look. Just take half the days off. You'll be much more mentally healthy. Um, but I have the secret Murphy cheats sheet to know the whole outcome of the election, hopefully by about 8 o'clock, which is Florida. So take a look. You'll see interesting. You can look all this stuff up. Look at the county results in – there are about four – look at Duval, Jacksonville. They report really quick, yep. by the way. Trump actually did less well, carried the county slightly than Mitt Romney did when Romney lost his state. See if Trump is doing around the same number or even worse, because that's more squishy Republican swing county stuff. Then go north of Tampa, like Hernando County or Pasco, but Hernando's the best example. That's where Trump blew the doors off. You know, he did like, oh, I don't know, 16 points better than Mitt. Next door is Sumter County, home of the golf cart battles of the villages. You can look at both of them. Big Trump. Is Trump doing what he did last time there? Because those places where he overperformed, he made up the suburbs. Check those two. If he's not doing big numbers, if he's significant below where he was last time, he's in real trouble. Look at Pinellas. He flipped that county, the great swing county. Did it flip back to Biden? And then finally, go look at Miami-Dade County and see if Trump He's Trump's done some business with the Cuban boat down there. It's a problem. In fact, Joe, you're you're enjoying this. We're yeah. running an RVAT spot down there. That's the kind of thing we haven't been able to do in Havana for ten years. The hammer and sickle, secret communist. You know, Trump, Kim Jong Il. You know, <laughs> yeah. it was really a golden oldie right. uh, from our era. But uh, it, we think we're cutting them pretty good down there. But keep an eye on Miami Dade. See if Trump's doing what he did last time, or maybe a little better, but how much better? You watch those places, Sumter, Hernando, Duval, Pinellas, and Miami-Dade against history, and you'll get a lot of early tells about if Trump's going to lose Florida. If he loses Florida, no Republicans won the presidency without Florida in 96 years. It is a very good bet that he's toast. And you don't have to wait for the absentees there. They're going to be counted quickly. So by 8 or 9 at night, you're going to start having a pretty good idea. Yeah, man, I, on that one, you got me because I've been saying Florida, watch Florida early. And uh, thanks for running us through the counties because uh, I think that gives our listeners a, a, a lot of things to look at on election night as the returns come in. A little homework project for them. And then uh, <laughs> in Stark County in Ohio, if we're really going to be greedy and hope for Ohio, Stark is the great bellwether Ohio County. So look at 12, look at 16, and dial in as you see the numbers come in. And if you're confused about how to get them, you can just go to the county website, and there's normally a link to elections. All right. We, we've now given them power tools, so hopefully they don't, don't, don't <laughs> bet your house off Stark County because you know that's how we lost in 16, but it's a great, it, it's a great early tell. Thanks for listening to that trippy show. I, I mentioned Richard Ben Kramer uh, on the show when I was talking to Mike. He wrote a the definitive book on a presidential campaign, What It Takes. 
We're going to put that in the show notes for you. I highly recommend, if you're really interested in presidential politics, that you pick up a copy of the book. It's a classic. Uh, So thanks for listening. Uh, I hope you'll rate us and review us and review the show. And leave us a question in iTunes or via email at thattrippyshow at gmail.com. And we'll see you Friday. Take as little as three minutes to see if you could save on motorcycle insurance with Progressive. Come on, you've spent more time than that debating your accessories. Could use some new riding gloves. Guess I'll go with black leather again. Ah, just seems so basic. Wait, what if I did white leather? People be like, hey, this guy's different. Or they might be like, hey, this guy looks like a butler. Yeah, okay, black leather it is. Get a quote in as little as three minutes at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.